0: This is the Fit Roots Podcast, and I'm your host, Aidan Lee. We are focused on teaching you the best of philosophy, martial arts, health, well-being, and business. Our mission is to build modern warriors who enhance their lives through continual physical and mental evolution, and then bestow that gift onto the next generation. Today, we've got Yvonne Radley joining us. Yvonne Radley is a powerhouse of media knowledge. She's a Branson mentor, center mentor for iTunes number one, podcaster, and the creator of Big Me Up Media, which helps solopreneurs raise their profiles and their client base. She is a former journalist of 25 plus years. She was nominated in the UK for an IRN award for her documentary on missing toddler, Madeline McCann. She had not one, but four national front page stories to her name and has worked in all four mediums of media, which are newspapers, magazines, radio, and TV at local and national level. (coughs) This editor, was made uh, redundant from her news reading job five years ago, but instead of staying in the traditional media arena, she jumped ship and created a successful online business coaching entrepreneurs, mainly in the fitness and wellness world and helping them get media attention like nobody's business. Her mantra is, don't just get fame, get clients. Her success stories are huge, with her clients writing their own books, creating fitness movements of their own, their own TV shows, writing columns in newspapers and magazines, her most famous client is Katie Bull cook who was on BBC One's The Apprentice. Her clients have won many major industry awards, and she herself was nominated for FitPro Award for Excellence in 2014. She is also a speaker at major events like FitPro Live Convention at the Excel in London and Fit Camps in Blackpool, as well as her own workshops and retreats. So Yvonne, welcome to the FitRoots podcast.
1: Thanks, lovely to be here.
0: Pleasure to have you on, and with such a great bio, We've kind of told people your background yeah. already. Um, but Yvonne is also another thing to mention. Is also my business coach. So there's a lot of personal things we can share with you all today. Mm. But Yvonne, why don't you just start off by telling us, you know, what it is you do and why you got into it?
1: Well, I need to update my bio because it said that um, I, I did all this five years ago it's actually eight years ago now so this was back in 2010 I was made redundant from my radio job where I was the editor at Capital FM for the East Midlands and at the time I was dating a personal trainer and we decided to launch this was right after the crash if you remember everybody was skint everybody was being made redundant blue collar workers white collar workers it was awful times people were queuing up outside banks to get the money out um And the system was, you know, (laughs) on its knees. And we decided to grow um, a boot camp business initially. That's how we got started and how I got started. I used my redundancy money um, with my ex-partner and we started a boot camp business. Now, that quickly grew to nine sites in Nottinghamshire. And then a couple of years in, we started to win awards. And people, other boot campers, you know, really said to us, oh, you know, how – have you um done this so fast because most fitness businesses were struggled struggling to get people in the door especially you know during that time of the recession the double recession um and so i said oh well you know we just get pr and publicity and um that's really helped us to spread the word and at the time it was the start of um Groupon as well and all those social sharing sites plus social media was just coming to the fore. You know, you'd already had Facebook around for a little while, but you'd got Twitter, um, Instagram coming along, Pinterest. And so I basically started teaching people how to get their fitness businesses into traditional media but then quickly it's evolved so that a lot of what I teach is uh, social media as well because it's such a massive part of society nowadays so basically I help people to raise their profile but also I ended up business mentoring them as well because I would go on their website and I'd be like oh my god you can't show this to a journalist let's tidy it up uh, and help them write and copy so anything to do with communication really and business development
0: Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's such a strong background. It's really interesting how you came to the background, and also that effectively it seemed quite organic in the fact that it seemed like your success in your boot camps drew mm. people towards you rather than you um, creating something just for the sake of it. It really sounded sound like you created it for a genuine need in the market.
1: Yeah, I just saw a gap. You know, I said to the it was other boot camp owners initially that said to me, Well, how have you done it? And I just said, Well, I send in a press release and they said to me, What's a press release? And I was like, Oh my God, they don't know. So I started, I did a webinar, a 37 pound or 37 dollars webinar, and that was my first product that I sold, educating everybody about how to get in the paper. And now it's um, you know, I, I teach Pollages instructors, hypnotherapists, anybody in not just boot camp business or fitness, but health, wellness, and it's such a growing industry. Um, but it's nice for me to work in that industry because having the background with the boot camp, I can kind of, I know, I know what I'm talking about from both senses, if you see what I mean.
0: Hmm. Yeah, you really understand. Uh, I mean, I'm not a boot camp myself, but in the whole general health and wellness industry, you really understand our our pains our struggles yeah and what we really need and what we could do with and even i mean i only started fitroots couple of th- just over 3 years ago but i even then i didn't know anyone with really your usp of getting you know, getting fame and then getting clients, right? Mm. There's not many people in this industry in the health of wellness who are doing what you're doing.
1: No, exactly, which is nice. <laughs> it's nice for me. Um, but I am a strong believer in finding your niche and almost a, a micro niche. I'm all about small is beautiful because I think you'll get seen a lot better if you are in a... If you're a big fish in a
0: little pond
1: rather than the other way around.
0: Yeah, and that's a great analogy, isn't it? Because some people... Um, always just want to be you know a small fish in the, in the big yeah be or whatever um, most realises. people
1: swim in in was it the red ocean and the blue ocean and you always want to jump over and go where the others aren't
0: yeah well as you say you want to zig when they zag yeah
1: them. exactly
0: love it that's really good so yeah I can see why you've created the business you have mm. and I guess that was how you started Yvonne, but tell us, you know, where that's led you to now because obviously you've got your signature program mm. and you've got, you know, your clients like myself and whoever else, but mm. tell, me on, tell everyone the journey that you've taken since you've started.
1: Well, it's it's been pretty organic and I think I'm very lucky in that I can be quite perceptive. I think that's with my journalistic roots. You know, I can read a trend or a spot, you know, um, good at reading people and finding out what they need and I I teach this as well but I believe very strongly in listening to your clients and what my clients were telling me was that although they wanted to train with me one-on-one they couldn't really afford it and while they loved working from home they were lonely and so all these messages kept coming to me and technology was growing so fast that you know, Skype was around. I know nowadays we have Zoom and lots of other. I mean, so many apps nowadays, and I literally run my business from my mobile phone now because it's just so easy to do. Um, but you know, back in. Kind of 2012 when I first started Big Me Up Media. Two years after starting the boot camp, and then from like 2012 up to now, kind of you know 2018, social media and technology has developed so much that I can pretty much work from anywhere in the world. Technology allows me to do that, and it's not that laptop lifestyle that we all used to read books about. It's literally mobile phone lifestyle now. You don't even need your laptop, Um, and so. My signature program is called the Dream Life Academy, which combines both areas, so business and uh, media. There's also story in there, which is a big part of what I teach because I used to be a screenwriter as well, and branding. Um, And so I all four areas to me are key for a successful business. And I'd been working one-on-one with people for about four years and you find yourself repeating the same thing. Like I would be on calls all day long and I would literally be having the same conversations over and over again. And it's like, why am I doing this? Why don't I just put everybody in a group and just say it once? (laughs) And, um, After four years of working one-on-one, I had got a little bit bored with that business model, um, especially because I was repeating myself a lot of the time. So I came up with the idea of um, organising the Dream Life Academy, which is a year-long mentoring programme. So you're tying people in for a year. It means that you don't have to launch every month because at that point, when I was working with one-to-one clients, I was working with between 20 and 25 people, let's say 20, for 250 a month, which was bringing in £60,000 for the year. And what I did was switch it. So, I I doubled the amount of people, 40 people. I halved the price because not everybody could afford me and lots of people wanted to work with me. So, 125 a month. And that is a 60K product. So, same price. But instead of working 20 hours a week, I only have to work two hours a month, which is ridiculous. Um, i literally jump on A Q&A call with them on the first monday of every month and the third wednesday of every month obviously they can tag me in the group some available me and you jumped on a call last week so you know if people need me i'm kind of there but i'm contracted to do two hours a month with them
0: and how amazing is that right yeah, it's I mean, unbelievable you can't get much better than that and i
1: can't believe my luck <laughs> <laughs>
0: And you think about it as well, because uh, there's some parallels to the people that you work with, like myself and whoever, um, you touched on some key points there about, you know, you're working 20, with 20, 25 different people, mm. and of course they were getting some results, but you realise that you can only extend your help and your reach so far, one, with your time being limited, yeah. But two, yeah, you could charge the ceiling, but eventually you're going to, you know, you're going to hit a ceiling. Yeah. And on top of that, you know, is it just about the money? Is it money and creating a, a legacy and giving value too?
1: For me, the reason I love to work with the health and fitness world is because they're so passionate about what they do. And our mantra at Big Me Up Media is to help. Um, fitness people earn the money that they deserve because you guys are out there changing lives, literally helping people to live longer. It's such a brilliant industry and you're so passionate about what you do and you're not paid enough. But there are ways that you can get paid uh, a lot more money. And what I try and do and what Big Up Media, our mantra is to help you guys earn as much as you can not having to give up all your evenings or your weekends because it's very unsociable hours as well. So, you know, taking some products online um, and developing your business, you know, however you want to do it. Building the business around you, like I've built my business around me, we can all do it. So I love to share. I love to share all the the changes with social media, which really helps us. Um, And it's a win-win situation for all of us.
0: I completely agree. And I think that... um... You've taught us, and even myself in particular, that the perception is that so just because someone's paying you and you're self-employed or you're in business, that they should almost run your time, where in reality, the opposite is completely true. Exactly. You, know, you have to have your time first and control your own schedule, and then people, one, will respect it more, but also, yeah. take more out of it, because you can produce more and be more and do more for them. Yeah. Uh, at the start, you know, when I started a couple of years ago, I realized uh, that you know, I was doing it all, f- not say for the wrong reasons, but almost doing it the wrong, wrong way around. I was mm. you know, focusing on the one to one. I thought it was what I wanted, but it's mm. not the uh, bigger picture. You know, maybe I can 10X, 100X the amount of people that help earn more. And yeah. And a balance of life as well, which you've really helped us to realize.
1: Yeah, I'm not all about the money. You know how you see on Facebook people talking about the six and the seven um, figure income? I mean, I am about the dream life. But for me, the dream life, because I'm getting older, I think it changes every decade that you're in, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, whatever stage you're at. For me, the most important thing is time to have time to do what I want. I mean, God, when I used to work in the radio, I had to be up at half four in the morning. That's like middle of the night. I hated it. I loved it once I got there. But I hated having to get out of bed, especially in the winter when it was dark and cold and then drive to the nearest city, open up, you're the first one in as the news reporter, you would open up the studio, then the presenters would turn up, you were busy getting all the news, it's so busy first thing in the morning catching up with the news wires overnight, get your bulletin ready, then you're on air and it's adrenaline, adrenaline, adrenaline until you knock off at midday. It sounds very exciting, and it was very exciting, but I think you can only do that for so long. I love now that I don't have an alarm. I get up, I have an easy morning, I like to journal, I like to meditate, I like to go to the gym. And so I don't sit down into the office until the afternoons, really, and I only work in in the afternoons and sometimes in the evenings. depends what's going on. I usually listen to a webinar or a podcast or something. Um, So, yeah, my whole... Life has changed really, and I'm earning like way more than I used to earn as a journalist doing all those stupid hours.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the thing, right? I mean, look at the time now you've managed to consolidate all your expertise into a formula which uh, gives you the life that you want. And I guess in reality, you're not just like a lot of those uh hype marketing gurus who say they're doing one thing, and in reality, living a the opposite of what they're preaching
1: yeah there's a lot of those around
0: I bet you've got a few words to say about <laughs>
1: <laughs> my lips are sealed <laughs> maybe I should do a like a biography one day and uh, talk about it all yeah
0: yeah, I think so. I no
1: think
0: yeah, yeah, good. Why not? There's a lot of uh, cons out there. And I think, you know, yeah. in your industry, uh, as there is, are in, in the health and wellness as well, we want the purity and the honesty to come out as much as possible. So, um,
1: definitely. That's
0: the that's the key. So, you've created all this, Yvonne, which is, you know, great and almost, um, you know, you formulated your, your dream life, as you say. Mm. And I think something key you touched upon there as well, if you don't mind me saying too, is that as we get older and as you've got older as well, you realize that what do I really need? I don't need necessarily a million bucks a yeah. year, but uh, the freedom to do whatever you want, whenever you want.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely. So
0: with that in mind, you've achieved a lot of senior life, but what are your goals for the next one, three and five years? Could be business and or personal.
1: One of the things I'm tra- trying to do at the minute and finding really difficult is to write I'm calling it write a bestseller because I'm doing the whole manifesting it is going to be a bestseller so I'm writing my book which is called how to live your dream life without the Ferrari um and I think I'm up to about 35,000 words so I'm about halfway there um and at the minute I'm just concentrating on getting the first draft out but for me it is a little bit like a busman's holiday in that writing obviously used to be my thing that I did before and so to go back to it is it's hard work (laughs) it's really hard work to to do it and to get it all out um and of course you have imposter syndrome when you're talking about your thesis and and the way you run your business it it is basically you know how I've lived over the last eight years um and so I'm battling those demons to get it out but I am very self-disciplined uh, have a lot of patience and I know that if I just keep putting one foot in front of the other eventually it will all come out and then I, once it's out I will do about five different revisions so I use my screenwriting background so we will work on uh, all the things that I do but one of them is themes so I'll have certain themes in the book that I want to come out and I'll make sure the themes are threaded throughout um yeah, there's a, I can't remember what they all are, but there's five levels to a screenplay and I'm going to adapt the same five to my book to make it quite rich. Uh, so the book is one thing I would love, but it's not essential because it's quite materialistic. I would love a bigger house. My house is quite small, really, but I I just love it where I am. I just would like an extra bedroom, and a dining room and some place outside for offices because we work from home I work with my son as well and we've got a small team um, of virtual assistants as well um but I would love an older house the house I live in is like a new house it's not that new anymore actually I think I've been here 13 years but it's a new build um so I'd like a bigger house I'd like to be living in that bigger house with a husband cause I'm still single. So that's kind of, let's put that on the five year plan. <laughs> um, so yeah, bigger house, um, the book. And to be honest, Aiden, it's just repeating what I'm doing. Like I don't want this to ever stop. Um, so living how I'm living, I am currently living my dream life, um, which is going to be different to other people's dream lives
0: yeah exactly and you don't strike me as someone who could uh just pack everything in and go and live the cliche retired life I think you've oh
1: god now I'll be bored
0: yeah exactly you've got I think one more to give um you know people like us but also for yourself as well I I don't think it really fulfill your
1: Mm. needs
0: and your wants so I can't imagine ever
1: retiring yeah I'm just gonna do it till I drop (laughs)
0: <laughs> I think you and me both I think exactly the same when you think about it as well you know obviously the ages of retirement is increasing too so hey they want us to work later well let's let's produce better stuff and more life-changing uh, experiences whilst we're there exactly so that's really cool you touched on some great points there so um I think the furthering of what you're doing already is obviously a great thing and I can see why you'd want the extra house and things like that mm. probably the most important thing there and i think there's a couple of things i really want to pull out from that one and one was um you mentioned about imposter syndrome and you know maybe not feeling like uh putting your thesis out there is you know it's not necessarily the right thing to or wrong thing to do but you're not maybe 100% sure of it could you one tell us how you feel about that but also how potentially you're getting over it and how others could do the same if they're mm. experiencing similar feelings in their own life.
1: I think when we get imposter syndrome, it's a very natural thing to feel because it's the ego, isn't it? We're putting our ego on the line to be shot down and to be uh, criticized in a sense. And some people will say, you know, well, who are you to tell me this? But um, I had this, when I first got my job at Leicester Sound, I'd come from a very small radio station called Oak FM and I'd landed the editor's job at Leicester Sound. And I remember going to work thinking, oh my God, why have they given it to me? I'm not qualified enough to do this job. And my my heart was racing and my palms were sweaty for about the first three months in that job. And we had that massive global story of the Madeleine McCann. But I think it was when that actually hit and I handled it really well. I mean, we were doing stuff for, you know, American TV, Irish radio, like literally me and the reporters on the team were reporting all over the world and it was just a massive story and so I think when a big story hit like that I was able to come into my own but on the normal run-of-the-mill everyday kind of stories I was like oh I don't even know how to work this technology all around me they had to teach me because it was a different desk to what I was used to and I think the best way to get over imposter syndrome is accept that we um, all go through it you know you everybody does even like some of my you know most famous friends kind of thing they go through it as well we all go through it you just have to literally keep putting one step in front of the other and remembering that nobody else has walked your path so you're coming to to it from a completely different journey when I'm teaching I often talk about the celebrity chefs and you know life would be boring if we only had Jamie Oliver it's really nice that we've got Nigella uh, Hugh Fernley Wittinson I can never say his name, Whittingstall, Um, the one who swears, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. So, you know, they all um, are very different characters because they've all come from a different path to be a celebrity chef on television. And they all have their own shows and we love and adore some of them, all of them. It doesn't matter if there's other people in your niche doing the same as you. Nobody has your personality and nobody comes from from where you've been. So I think we all have a story to tell. And I think as long as you can remember that, it helps you to get over imposter syndrome. The other important thing is to kind of get over yourself and don't think about you and your ego and how you're going to feel putting your head above the parapet. think about the person that's going to get your message do you have an important message to convey to that person and if the answer is yes why the hell would you keep it in your head you have to put it out there for their benefit so be selfless
0: yeah and you have to be uh sometimes selfish to be selfless and to be selfless to be you know generous in the sense that as you say if people want to really change their lives it takes certain people to take that step forward to give them what they need yeah we can't all do it by ourselves so that's some uh, great insights because I've been there as you say you're you're there with all, all your experience and as you mm. say some more famous friends or famous you know renowned people anyway mm. let alone people just starting out so yeah I think one step at a time is always a good way of looking
1: definitely
0: out. awesome so with that in mind, Yvonne, you've also told us uh, you know, what you're doing at the moment, how you've got to where you are, things you're working on, but I'd like to understand you know, a couple of stories, because obviously you've got plenty of them working in mm-hmm. the story business, if you like. Um, could you tell us a time or story of a time in your journey when you experienced an aha moment or realisation?
1: Oh, well, one of the bigger ha's was um, Dream Life Academy um as I was mentioning earlier I listened to my clients I listened to them anyway but there was this one particular year so it would have been about three years ago where I kept hearing the same kind of messages whether I was on a one-to-one call with somebody or I do a lot of live events and I love to listen to people over lunch I never say very much over lunch because I love to listen like it's the journalist in me I love to listen to the table next door so to speak and so I love to hear people talking and that they all kept saying things like, Oh, isn't it lovely to get dressed up for the day? Cause you know, there are days when we work in our pajama bottoms, especially in the winter. Uh, you know, some days you do go all day and stay in your gym gear and, uh, you just collapse into bed at night cause you're shattered. And they were saying, Oh, isn't it lovely just getting dressed up and coming out kind of thing. And they really missed the corporate world because a lot of them have come from corporate and now work for themselves. Um, and there was one particular day, I was in London um, and we were doing an event just around the corner from the Shard and we actually finished up at the, the Shard afterwards. And I was with one client, we went for a morning walk over Tower Bridge and she used to work in the financial district, Hannah, and she was like, oh my God, this is brilliant. I love being back in the city and look at all the people. And we were watching all the people coming and going and we're like, ooh, really glad that we don't have to do this anymore. However, it is buzzy. It's really nice, a nice buzz. And she was like, why don't you create something where, you know, we can, we can all be like in an office, but it's not an office and we're still working for ourselves and we can all communicate and, you know, the, what she was describing to me, our support group, I called it the office. So it's a support group on Facebook and it's just like, oh, I'm just going to pop into the office for a minute because I'm stuck and I need to ask for some help. And there's always somebody on hand that's going to come in and help you. So I think that was an aha moment, walking with Hannah over the bridge that morning. I was grateful and humbled that I didn't have to do the rat race anymore. But there were elements of the rat race that I missed, like dressing up, like meeting in, re- in real life. So we're in the Dream Life Academy, we meet every 90 days in London, Manchester or Nottingham. And we have a Christmas party. So we bring all the nice elements. We've got the water cooler moment where people can share a funny story or tell a joke you know, all those things, the nice things of the office, but we've ditched all the politics, we've ditched the commute. Um, you ditched the just, rubbish stuff
0: and you bought yeah, the good stuff. Yeah.
1: Just kept the good stuff. So that was a bit of an aha moment. And um, yeah, it kind of led to the birth of DLA.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, I think it's a great one because, as you say, especially when you're first starting out, you're effectively a solopreneur and then you end up, as you say, working at home and you're maybe in your PJs.
1: Although,
0: you mm. know, I've done that, but I realised it was a bad. Absolutely yeah just in that space mentally but you realize that well hold on maybe there are a few things that you need in terms of human social interaction and just ways you can build that into your business and your schedule without necessarily saying oh I have to go back to work or yeah or for me it's just more as you say about having the right circumstances around you which is absolutely brilliant so talking about those circumstances and I guess the things you share with your clients like myself or other people what are the habits and daily routines that you feel contribute to your success as well as people like myself and
1: Mm. i've got quite a few (laughs) i've picked up over the years i mean my morning ritual like i say i don't have an alarm it's just a very quiet and yeah i don't have an alarm it's quiet wake up but in the spring summertime 6 30 i am up kind of well not up, but awake um and in the winter it's more like eight o'clock so I think naturally I just go into those time zones I can't bear getting up when it's cold and dark um are you the same
0: well it's I think you hit on a good point there. It's natural body clocks isn't it when the sun is rising earlier we'll wake up earlier because that's our circadian rhythm that's what we're doing. yeah yeah we'll get up a bit later
1: I love to journal because it helps relieve stress It, it helps me to get clarity And so even if it's just writing down what I'm going to be doing tomorrow, it's nice that I go to bed, like I do a little bit at night, and then I do some in the morning as well. So it's nice just to clear my head and it, right, tomorrow I'm going to be doing, I'm concentrating on this. I keep it very simple. I know I do it with, um, every morning I wake up and I have gratitude. So I do three things that I'm grateful for. And it can be little things. Um, oh, you know, the sky is blue today. I love a blue sky. Um, It can be just very simple things. The fact that my car's got petrol in, you know, and I need to go somewhere that I haven't got to go to the garage cheers me up. I can't, I hate going to the garage and filling with petrol. It's one of the most boring jobs in the world. Um, So just, you know, it can be big things, little things. Um, What else? I'd like to go to the gym in the mornings or have a walk. So some kind of exercise as well. Um, again, clears the mind, a little bit of meditation. I live alone anyway, so it's easy to meditate and I spend a lot of quiet time. And then on like an annual basis, every year I start the year with one goal. So I keep things very, very simple. So I have one goal and then I have a hashtag for the year, which is kind of the theme for the year. So my theme this year is what if it was easy? Because I was getting quite anxious about things um, I'd got some big trips earlier on in the year. I've got my book. Uh, so it's all stuff that's that was pushing me out of my comfort zone and I was getting anxious about it. So the what if it was easy hashtag was very good for me because it's like, yeah, yeah mom, but what if it was easy? What does that look like? And immediately you take all that anxiety out of it and it's like, oh, yeah, it looks like this.
0: Um, that helps you to to live by a, almost a, a mantra for the year and uh, quarters to your goal as well.
1: Yeah, and a couple of years ago, when I had the split with my partner, remember I'd started life out in, on this entrepreneurial journey with him. Three years in that ended. And that's when I did hashtag travel. Um, and I literally went traveling around the world for the year. Um, and that was very apt for that year. So there's always a theme going on with, with me. And I get all the guys in the Dream Life Academy to think of a hashtag. And it just gives you that impetus to drive you forwards and it underpins everything. Um, So I really love to do that. Um, And that's pretty much it, I think, for um, systems. You know, the whole cliche about surround yourself with uh, like-minded people. I have quite a few, particularly female entrepreneur friends, who if you feel like you need to go and get some support, you can do very easily. And just sharing knowledge is really good. Um, So, yeah, I've got a good circle of friends around as well.
0: Yeah, I think you've got the, the lifestyle you want where, you, as you say, you, you live alone, but you work with, you know, your, your son and you've got a good, good a thriving and growing business, but mm. you've got the circle there if you need it and also the daily habits and routines to, yeah. do, to set you up for success. Because yes. that's one of the things that, you know, we try to, uh, as in our industry as well, is, is institute habit change rather than, all right, let's look at the bigger picture, but what's it going to take to get there? As you say earlier with the imposter um, syndrome, it's one step at a time yeah what habit uh, routine can you build into your life now that will mm. help you and build you towards your goal
1: so- I'm telling you the one that I do actually that I'd forgotten and it's really important every 90 days I stop and look back um, at what's working and what's not and that can be personal life work life and we just did it actually because we came to the end of the quarter and I made some tweaks and once I tweaked and dumped stuff that wasn't working and went back to stuff that I kind of, we just forget that we're doing it, especially in the early days. If you look at what you were doing in business when you first started, we get complacent and we're like, why do not I do that anymore? That was brilliant. And I literally did that um, last month. And last week was one of my busiest weeks ever because I'd gone back. i would tell you what it was. It was network. I'd forgotten to network. I'm like, oh, why did I do that? And then I picked up on my networking again and um, it was great.
0: Yeah. And it's probably even more successful now that you, you're a lot more established.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's a good point, as well because I think the 90-day the tracker, I actually have done it, so I need to um, come back to you with, with more on that. But, yeah, I think it's, it's a key point because we don't sometimes take enough time to sit down and reflect. It's always go, 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 go. Yeah. Rather than stop and observe and actually see where, where we've got to and what's worked and what hasn't
1: it's key I think to being successful you've got to look at your business as a whole and step back from it Mm. quite often we end up doing all the jobs in the business that we could pay somebody else to do I'm not a fan of outsourcing so I'm not about to go down that route but what I mean is you know look at how long you're spending on emails and and doing jobs that an admin assistant could really do to free you up my business changed when I hired my son and at first, I thought I couldn't afford him. We still got the boot camp at that point, but I'd got this idea for Big Met Media, and I used to do all the, the registers and everything, and I was chasing people for money if they were late paying, and we just put systems in place and gave him all of that logistical side to do, and it gave me two days a week to that was just free, and that I built Big Met Media using those two days, um, and so that was wow. incredible, yeah. Yes.
0: So that's that's interesting. You almost built it side by side, but freed up a lot of your time mainly through the use of um, clever outsourcing and systems.
1: Yeah, and I would say anybody in the fitness wellness world, you know, we were employing um, at least nine trainers then because we had nine different sites, and some of them had double trainers. Um, instead of hiring a trainer first to do another site or another class, hire an admin person, hire an admin person, and free yourself up. Because you will be able to take the company there much faster and much bigger than, you know, another trainer. That's just going to bring you more money for a few hours. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And it's thinking long term rather than short term, because I've taken that same step with uh, Jasmine, my first start. Yes. If I I realised, well, and some people are saying, oh, you're going to need another trainer eventually, which I said, yeah, of course. But Mm. I'd rather do it for now as in the actual sessions because i want to set the benchmark and yeah. the way things have to go rather than hiring someone else who will are likely maybe not represent it in the way that i want to at the start mm-hmm. once everything and the whole protocol set up then they can follow it to a t yeah wrong but if i do it the other way around as you say it's uh, bad times
1: yeah i i agree a thousand percent Awesome.
0: And you touched a lot on systems there and a few other particulars, but if you had one strategy for success uh, in business now we're talking particularly, what would you say that would be?
1: Um, I think relationships is so important you know retention I always go on about retention if you never lost a client from the day you started how rich would you be and we have we did the same with the boot camp you know our retention rates was about 10 months it was really good I mean a lot of people were with us for years I was only with the boot camp for three years and then I left but I know it's still going on so now it's eight years old and there are the originals you know some of the originals are still there you will keep your original tribe instead of trying to Find new people all the time, look after the ones you've got, sell the ones you've got more things that they want, like I did with Dream Life Academy. You know, that was just my tribe saying to me, Oh, what we really want is this. And then I just went away and created it. And now, you know, there's, well, there's 39 actually, 39 people in the program. Um, And so it's just listening. I've just started doing masterclasses because people wanted fast, rapid social media help. And so, you know, I've listened to that. I put them out. I did two last week. They sold like hotcakes. So I think it's um, relationships and looking after the people that are already with you and just giving them more of what they want. That's where the money lies. Not in systems, not in robots, not in automation. You know, they're just um, tools that you can use. Um, meeting up with people like I said in Dream Life Academy we meet up every 90 days you get such value from that you learn so much about people by having a few beers with them it, you you can't recreate that online.
0: I completely agree and yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one and yeah. Also that yeah that you said of course you can build all the systems automations bots and whatever the new trend or fad is mm. in the or business world but if you have no relationships, who is that going to? It's going to a cold, bored, maybe even frustrated audience. Yeah, um, I think even at, I guess maybe we've all fallen into that trap at some point because there's so many marketers with their spiel and about oh you know do this new thing, do that. But ultimately, as you say, well, what are, what are we? We're humans first, and then business owners second. Exactly. And uh, What does that mean? We know you know we need relationships first. We need interaction on a real personable basis rather than just trying to say, oh, give me your money and say, well, oh, actually, how can I change your life? You know, what do, yeah. you do for you?
1: And the thing is, we all chase, you know, if you do a Facebook ad campaign, it's like half a million people or 20,000 people. It's like, man, I only need 40 people. I just need 40 people for the whole year. Give me 40 people. So why are you chasing thousands? If 40 you people, focus? exactly.
0: Yeah. 40 people, 60K a year, two hours a month. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, you could blow that up to eighty people, one hundred twenty yeah. a year, four hours. Yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe another program, whatever. But it goes to show sometimes less is more, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I'm quite happy where I'm at. I don't want. I could. I could do three Dream Lab academies if I did like a concerted campaign. But once you start um, going bigger, you have to have a bigger team. And we did that with the boot camp. Like I say, we ended up with nine sites. I hated it. All of my time instead of being on the field or working with the people. I was in the office, constantly managing a team, which is what I used to do as an editor. I didn't want to do that anymore. I want to be creative, hands-on, working in my business. I don't want anyone else working in my business. I want to do it because I love it. So I think sometimes you're in danger of going too big and and kind of putting yourself out of it.
0: Yeah, and I guess it's safe to say in that sense that you maybe you want more of a lifestyle business rather than just a big business for the sake of it?
1: Definitely. I have no, um, what's the word? Like I'm not chasing a million dollars or anything. I don't want to be a millionaire. Um, It doesn't interest me because I'd have to work six, seven days a week for that. I don't, I don't want to do, I did all that back when I was a journalist. Um, So I've had enough of that life. Yeah. I'm happy doing what I'm doing and I think I was talking to you before about I'm just going to buy a one-way ticket soon and go and spend the summer probably with my friend Hanny who lives in Malaga. She lives the four-hour work week as well. So, um, yeah, I've got all these friends who do it and I've got another friend who's in Cyprus at the minute, other friends in Murcia or New York or Chicago. And, you know, you can just go anywhere and do anything because you're not restricted.
0: Yeah, and you've, you've built that lifestyle and sometimes they say. I think, especially if, uh, for for men as well, is that perception that you have to have you know millions if you're going to start a business, it has to be big. I mean, my plan is to go really big, but that's fine. But that's because that's what I want. Yeah, it's something that's been bestowed upon me, and I feel like I'm being coerced to do it. Mm. But you've made a conscious choice to have a lifestyle business which suits you perfectly, and just as I have made a conscious choice that I, you know I want to take it worldwide. But exactly you know, when you were maybe younger, you would have maybe thought bit more similar to myself
1: yeah when I was in my 30s that's when I was working with the national press and I was I was mean I wanted those front pages I got four front pages on in you know uh, national newspapers that is an achievement you know when they sent me out on a story they knew that I would come back with um, a story that was worthy of a front page cover kind of thing I would always get my man so to speak or you know get the person at the center of the story I was so ambitious Um, and that's when I was really going for it I think 30s is when you do do that kind of thing so the ambition comes to the fore but I feel like I achieved what I set out to achieve there Um, you know if I was where I am now and I was in my 30s I'd be like yeah let's turn this into a mean machine and earn millions definitely but but I'm not there (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah and it's a time and a place isn't it Uh, yeah like where I'm at now you know mid-20s uh, you know worldwide legacy is, is on the agenda. But yeah, absolutely. Where you're at. And that's absolutely respectable. So that's really mm. good to hear. Cool. So with these stories you've told us, Yvonne, I just also want to understand, because it's not all as you've said, it's not all um, you know, success and pleasure and happiness. Mm. Tell us some either one time or the most poignant time where you've experienced failure in your journey and what you learned from it.
1: I think the biggest knockback that I got over the last eight years was when my relationship ended with my partner. And that was three and a half years ago now, I think it was. Um, So about 2014 time, I think 2013, 2014. Can't remember. It was all a bit of a blur. Um, But it was very sudden. We were on holiday and I finished the relationship. But because of, I don't want to go into details, but um, he, he pushed the self-destruct button. I finished it. So the wedding was off. Um, we came back to England and I just gave him the boot camp business and I walked away from it. And um, yeah, we, we split basically and I went my own way. So even though my whole world had turned upside down, it was like the worst time ever because everything that I had was gone. And, and it's like, where do you go from there? How do, you, how do you survive that? How do you get out of that hole that you're in? Um, and it, it was, it's the same, really. I suppose I just pulled on that resilience of one day at a time, one step at a time. And I just focused on my business. i would actually got a blooming event that week. So I had to turn up to do this live event. I don't even know. I can't remember getting through that Luckily, I was giving him a speech that I'd given several times before. And so I kind of knew it off by heart. So I didn't have to concentrate too much. um, But I just kind of got through it. And then, like I say, I had hashtag travel year because I just didn't even want to be in the same country as him. (laughs) And so I just went and traveled. And what that did was taught me resilience, um, the fact that I have this fighting spirit, um, the fact that I can survive on my own and and have been doing ever since and he wasn't even really um in my big me up business but I don't know what it was as soon as he'd gone I was like oh my god how am I going to pay the bills how am I going to survive and then my sister and my friends were like yeah but he wasn't in the big me up business so it would just carry on as normal I was like oh yeah oh yeah and um yeah everything just fell into place in fact not only did I survive but I thrived I think we doubled turnover that year um because I didn't have him as a distraction and I literally head down let's concentrate on the business in a way it was a blessing and now I'm like Thank god <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah blessing in disguise isn't it yeah you not only as hard as it is to obviously go away from a serious life potentially lifelong relationship mm. but you also gave away another one of your babies okay? yeah the, Business, business yeah so that you know how did that feel doing that
1: awful because I couldn't say goodbye to everybody because it was like a family we were like a family um you know we had all these members that we'd lived with for three four years at that point and um I never got to say goodbye I found that really hard um yeah that was the hardest thing really but since then I have stayed in touch with a few of them, and I um, often go out for dinner. We'll go out for dinner or lunch uh, with a few of them. So I have kept friends from that world. That's
0: That's nice. At least you have some good memories that you can keep. But oh, uh, amazing memories! At the same time, it's uh, as you say, it's it's tough because you you weren't just giving up business, and you touched on it earlier about relationships being the most important part of business. You're giving up uh, by coercion a lot of the relationships that you forged yes, and which was through your business. It was different if you just worked for someone and
1: exactly you,
0: know, you went away, but you grew it from the ground up.
1: Mm. I think it's because it was also sudden as well. And people knew that something had happened because I think we've been away for two weeks, and then normally I'm on social media all the time. At that time, it was Facebook, and I started getting these messages saying, Are oh, you right? Like, you know, we've not seen you, and we know that you're back from holiday. and." In the end, I sent out an email because we we did a lot of email marketing at at the time. And also, I had the big me up um, people as well. And I just sent a blanket email to everybody explaining that, you know, we were no longer together. I didn't go into details. It was just a, hey, you know, this has happened. It's all very sad. In fact, I think the subject line was sad news. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I basically just told people what had happened And that was another aha moment when I saw the power of being real and authentic and communicating with people and letting them know what's happening in your life. Like that email brought my audience closer to me. And in fact, one person even said to me, oh, I didn't like you very much before that. But when you sent that email, it was like, oh, my God, she's amazing kind of thing. So it was just such a powerful email. I don't like that whole oversharing on social or in the email marketing. But I think sometimes, you know, when... Life has given you a knock and you just have to say to people, "Or oh, this is what's happened. Um, this is why you're not seeing me at the minute. There's
0: a, a fine balance, isn't there? Because God, yeah. yeah, yeah, some of it's crazy cringy when all these people are just literally pouring it all out on the table. But yeah. at the same time, yeah, there's a place and that was clearly a good place and time to uh, you know, tell people the truth, isn't
1: yeah. it? Yeah, yeah.
0: Wonderful. So, clearly, you're very passionate about people and relationships, but obviously, you're an expert in your field in generating media um, and business for people Mm. like myself and your clients, but why is it, tell us about the topic you're working on currently and why it's important to you and others like myself or the audience listening today.
1: So, um, do you mean um, social media? Uh,
0: Yeah, I guess so, because that's really your, your forte, isn't it?
1: Mm, I absolutely love it. I mean, it can help us so much. Like it is a tool. My personal favorite, um, at the minute is in Instagram. I can't stress enough how everybody needs to be on Instagram and I absolutely love it. Um, because Instagram, let's just talk about it in Instagram, but it doesn't matter which platform you, you choose, whether you're a LinkedIn fan or a Twitter fan or a Facebook fan, wherever you are on social media, it helps to bring you to life and show you to your audience and you can create relationships on there. So I use Instagram stories a lot, for example. And so people will watch my show every single day and they'll tune in to see what I'm doing, what Marley the cat is doing, what's going on behind the scenes at Big Me Media. If I'm traveling, when I was recently in Arizona, they absolutely loved to watch that journey. I was over in Spain giving a talk on International Women's Day and they loved to watch that So people follow you and get to know, love, and trust you because it's not enough to know, like, and trust nowadays. They have to fall in love with you to spend money with you. So it is a marketing tool, but I just think it's such a fun tool to have in your toolbox nowadays. Um, And social media isn't going anywhere. It's just getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, you really need to get to grips with just at least one of the platforms.
0: Completely understand. And I love the comparison or the statement you made there you know normally it's no like and trust but as you say it's no like trust and fall in love it's no longer enough you know there's so one so much competition but two I guess a lot of misinformation as well Mm. really create that connection with people is not
1: it yeah definitely I mean there's you know two billion people on Facebook nowadays how on earth do you get heard it's very important that you learn that and that you find out how to get heard um, so that you can show up in the marketplace. You know, back in 2010 when I first started, it was fine. You just literally put a post on Facebook and everybody saw it. It's not the same anymore. So you've got to grow with the times.
0: How times have changed. Eh? I know. Crazy. I think
1: it will get better though. You know, this summer because you know with the algorithm changing, uh, Zuckerberg changed it in January this year, um, and we are going to stop. It's great for us bespoke businesses where it's less than 10 people, and and you tend to have obviously you're not running you know running your business on your profile page but most of us um, have you know a profile where you have a certain persona and and you can talk to your audience um, and let them know about certain things and what you're doing in life that's going to be so much better in the summer because they change the algorithm so that you are seen again by your friends and family. So it's going to go almost retro like it was back in 2010.
0: And that's on your personal profile, yeah? On your personal profile, where you're
1: not allowed to talk about business per se. You're allowed to do 2080, so about 20% business, 80% um, personal. But for me, in the way that I teach business, it's all about personal anyway. So it's a win-win situation.
0: Yeah, as long as we're helping people and giving them, for example, in the health and well-being yeah uh, with my space you know health well being martial arts talking about great tips and strategies and things yeah like that. perfect why intertwine that with business as well yeah they're not going to stop you right
1: exactly you know if you're being super helpful they'll show that to even more people so if you're writing a great blog that's educating people or inspiring people and then you put it on your profile page it is going to actually get <laughs> get seen again by your family and friends without having to put it on your page and boost it which is the only way you can get seen nowadays
0: Yeah, and I guess it goes back to what you're all about, about uh, relationships and and influence and uh, value-laden content for people.
1: Definitely, and I love free. Anything, you know, free content where you're changing people's lives because as long as you're... It's like karma, isn't it? Whatever you... I always say, whatever you give, it comes back a hundredfold. So give away all your best stuff because they're going to come and work with you. It's like the celebrity chefs again. You know, people would say with the age of the internet at first oh my god why on earth would jamie oliver put his recipes on the internet we can all steal them Well, we don't steal them and it just makes us want to go to his restaurant even more so it's the same for us you know give away all your best stuff give that it's past the age of the information age people can find out whatever they want from youtube or google so you haven't got any secrets so you may as well just hold their hand and show them the way
0: exactly and we it's also as you you've touched on the, the interpretation of that because as there's a lot of misinformation out there yeah there's loads of it and information itself
1: mm. but how
0: do we apply that to our lives or how does the audience in this case apply it to their lives mm. can take something and you've given your professional expert opinion and spin on it yeah that they're like more likely to trust that than just a random google search with
1: exactly you know,
0: how do I lose weight or how do I get lean or how do I learn to fight whatever it might be
1: yeah when it comes time for them to actually invest you know a little bit more, who are they going to go with? the person that's never taught them anything or you who's given them loads of great information they're going to come to you
0: yeah exactly and and this is one what you're sharing today with our listeners, but also hopefully what you know we're doing uh with others in general so
1: definitely that's
0: really good, so cool, let's wrap up with a few quick fire questions Yvonne mm-hmm so you can go into more detail, and have to be super quick fire. But this is more around men. This particular question. So, what issues do you see that men should be thinking about?
1: Um, with men, um, mm. in the health and wellness zone particularly, ego gets in the way. I find, um, and if you let go of your ego then you can do anything that you want we worry you know the men worry and women as well it's not just a man's problem I think but there is that whole macho thing with men it's like my friends can't see me do this um so yeah drop your ego and just go for whatever you want to do and you will travel far
0: nice so are you saying also to the like the entrepreneurs the male entrepreneurs saying you know let yourself be present without the ego
1: Yeah, sometimes the ego stops us doing something because we get procrastination, we get overwhelmed, we're worried about judgment of others. Who gives a damn what anybody else thinks? You know, if you want to teach, I don't know, whatever you want to teach, or if you want to set up um, a group and there's a guy down the road doing a similar group and you're like, oh my God, he might think I've copied – why is who gives a damn if that's what you want to do follow your passion and do it if you want to go and work in thailand go and work in thailand and don't worry what other people will think or the judgment around it um you know whatever you want to do really
0: yeah and uh, the first example competition creates better resources and people anyway and if you put yourself out there in an authentic genuine way then you're only going to give your best rather than a or half assed or half-effort.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Awesome. That's really cool. So what advice would you give or do you have for the younger generation of boys who are transitioning to that, if you like, manhood period, so teenagers?
1: Do you mean for um, in business or life generally?
0: Business and personal.
1: I think if you're just starting out in business now... Um, don't worry about the trappings of a business, the equipment, you know, you, you don't need a website nowadays. Um, you don't need to be on every single social media platform. You don't even need a laptop. What you need is one of these, a phone and an email list. So my biggest value in my business is my Aweber account which costs me I don't know $30 a month or something um I would never I mean I'm not saying I would never let Aweber go but I would never let my email provider go that is the linchpin to my business and so that's what you need an an email list and a phone and you can run a business that's all you need nowadays Uh, in life if you're just starting out I think figure out every year uh, one goal and just aim for that and reverse engineer it so that you don't go wandering off so figure out what you would like to achieve that year and then break it down okay if I let's say you want to achieve 50k that year you know that by the middle of the year you've got to hit 25k you know by the end of the first quarter you've got to hit 12 and a half k and then that means that you can break it down into monthly and weekly or even daily so reverse engineer everything, have one goal in mind and you won't get distracted. Distraction is like one of the worst things in business and in life.
0: Yeah, those are massive messages. And yeah, breaking it down, reverse engineering is something you've massively help me with. Mm. I want to share more with you soon. Uh, distractions, there. One thing, great tip hopefully people can take away. As you said, all you need is a phone. But yeah. I just turned all my notifications off apart from texts and calls because it was just Ping in all day distracting me you know focus takes you away from mm. well and where you really want to go uh, but I think those are great great tips in general so those young younger generation of boys turning into men and starting businesses can really take that on board mm. what keeps you awake at night
1: Ooh. Hmm. I think the responsibility of having a business like it it's, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time because if things go wrong, <laughs> there's nobody to blame other than yourself. So I think whatever's happening in, in your business, business worries would keep me awake, really. There's nothing else that plays on my mind. Um, it's just about focus and, you know, things aren't going quite right. Say you lose a customer. Oh, my God, I hate that. Like, I take it so personally. Um, so, yeah, business worries.
0: Yeah, I'm completely the same. Is oh, yeah. that or Or some ideas come into your head. You're like...
1: Now, if that happens with me, I literally get out of bed, get my laptop out, and start work because there's nobody yeah. to say "don't do that." So I do That's love it.
0: that. Yeah, I do to say, Or just write it down on my notes. in the yeah. morning because uh, yeah. otherwise those ideas are lost. In I the, know in the uh, enigma. So yeah, I, I'm completely with you. If I asked your closest friends what your superpower is, what would it be? Um, and what?
1: Ooh. I did a similar thing like this when I was in Arizona. It was a Reiki adventure that I went on and um, that we each had a buddy and my buddy told me that I was kind. Um, So I think kindness would probably be there because I give so much free information and I really love to serve people and to help them to help themselves. There's no good just like doing it for them. You've got to like teach them how to do it for themselves. So I think kindness ultimately is at the basis of everything that I do. Um, if I win the lottery tomorrow, I would still do what I do. And, and that's one of the questions that I get people to ask. It's like, you know, if money is no object and you could just live your ideal day, what would it be? Um, and so it's, yeah, kindness, I think.
0: Yeah, I can vouch for that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's refreshing to see as well because obviously you're doing it from a loving place. And I think, um, you know, you, want, you really want uh, people like myself and your clients to succeed. But obviously it's the whole... I've, I fall into this as well for whatever personal issues and things going on or wasting time whatever it might be but you can take the horse to water but you can't yeah right?
1: yeah exactly but yeah I think it's something that I don't know it's, it's in my natural DNA and even when I was a journalist you know I would be the journalist that would close the gate uh if somebody had said no to me and then later on in, in years to come I read books where it was like oh and a really good trick is to close the gate because then if you go back they'll be remember that you were the one that closed the gate and give you the story and that did happen to me but there was nothing um what's the word manipulative about it it was just a natural thing and I think the way that I market and the way that I teach others to market is a very natural heart giving way of selling and then it doesn't feel Bad, not that selling should be bad, it's a good thing. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and as you said earlier, if you're not selling, then you're not giving people what they need. And mm. even though it's a dirty word uh, or has dirty connotations. If we're not mm. selling one, we don't thrive, and you, uh, the customer or the client or whoever can't thrive as well.
1: Yeah, you're um, doing them a disservice. Yes,
0: exactly. You're doing a disservice by not selling, which is something, especially if we had bad um, upbringing and a relationship with money finances and thing it's, it's a hurdle to overcome I think I have to mm. do that myself personally but mm. I, I agree if you don't have that conditioned into you from young you think it's a dirty game it's not for you yeah think that rich people or bankers or people like that do mm, exactly I'm with you cool so before we wrap up Yvonne are there any other resources like websites videos books workshops that you would recommend to uh, entrepreneurs um, men who are busy little time who you know want to optimize their health business
1: um i'm a massive podcast fan of course um and so i think you know um the podcast app on your phone um audible i listen to books on audible because i can do other stuff while i'm listening to it i'm all about Kind of audio, really, because you can multitask while you while you're doing that, rather than um, reading. I don't read many business books nowadays. I think reading fiction is a really good thing at night to help you switch off. Um, I love Gary Vaynerchuk, so if you haven't found Gary Vaynerchuk in your world yet, check him out. He's a, a marketer from New York. He's amazing. I'm um, just trying to think if there's any other male kind of gurus I would recommend. He's the best one, really. Oh, Tim Ferriss. Love a bit of Tim Ferriss. Seth Godin, amazing uh, marketers. So they're all to do with marketing, really. So I think those three would probably be my top three that I would recommend.
0: Brilliant. Those are great resources. Seth is, yeah, is, is a great resource, as the others are too. Mm. So that's really wonderful. So people can go and check those out and really learn a lot from that, especially if you are in business. Please you know employ um, yourself to go and do that before we wrap up Yvonne is there anything else you want to mention and or you know any projects that you're doing please share us you know websites social media links and where this well, will find you
1: you can find my website is bigmeupmedia.com. It's so a nice, easy one. I would love it if you would come and find me on Instagram and watch my stories. I give marketing tips on there as well as uh, my life as well. And I'm Big Me Up Media on Instagram. So I'd love it if you come and follow me on there. The Dream Life Academy is open uh, again in September this year. So it only opens once a year. And we're going to be asking people um, well, it's going to be on sale in August. And if you want to join the waitlist because there's only 40 people, um, so it's limited and you need to be on the waitlist really to get any info. Um, then there is a link on my Instagram account and actually on the website as well. So if you look on services and then go to, um, Dream Life Academy, you'll find the, um, the VIP waitlist and it's on Instagram as well. So if you're interested in joining the Academy and they can be with you as well, then um, yeah, join the waitlist and you'll get all the information.
0: Brilliant. I will post those links in the show description. So if you guys want to click straight through, you can access that. To wrap up Yvonne, I just want to say thank you so much for being on here today, your time, uh, your lessons that you shared with our audience and what they can really learn. And yeah, from myself and the Fit Roots podcast, emission, mission. Thank you.
1: Thank you.